Hello, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm here to talk about Reinvent Yourself, and I'm glad you were able to join us today. So what do you do when you are like a superstar reinventor? You hit it out of the park on your first reinvention, and you sold, and you did incredibly well. You, you were the unicorn, and now you want to do something else. I mean, we should all have that problem, right? This is the, a really great discussion with Susan Feldman, who ran One King's Lane. She had a partner. Um, and they sold in March 2000. No, they launched in March 2009. And then they sold to Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, and they just celebrated their 10th anniversary. And now Susan is doing her own new thing, which is called getinthegroove.com. And you can follow her on Facebook and Instagram at getinthegroove1, and that's with a number one. And it is just so wonderful to talk to her. I knew her well um, when we were running More Magazine, and we would do things with them. We would do some advertising. We would bring her into the magazine. She's just a, not only really inspirational, but she is like us. And she really does believe that the key to most of this stuff and to reinvention, the real doorway is through learning. And we are all those lifelong learners. And this is just a perfect example of someone who cannot put down the pencil. Even when they've got an A plus on the exam, they are opening the next blue book and they are starting all over again. So I bring to you the wonderful Susan Feldman. So welcome, Susan. This is so much fun having you on our podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So you are just one of those quintessential serial reinventors, but oh my God, <laughs> you do it at the top. So let's start with, let's get a little background on you. So for people who don't know Susan, where did you grow up really succinctly? I know you said okay, that take a half an hour. <laughs> exactly. So I was a retail brat. I moved eight times before uh, graduating high school. So I was born in the South, moved uh, to the East, Midwest, back to the East. And then finally, my parents ended up in Northern California, my senior in high school, uh, went to college there, went to Stanford, moved to L.A., and uh, got my MBA in LA and then moved to New York and spent most of my adult life there until 14 years ago when I moved to Los Angeles. And your adult life, you had some pretty swanky jobs in New York <laughs> in the fashion business. Do you want to just run through those quickly? Because you were such a high flyer. I mean, I think the easiest way to say it is I really ran sales and marketing organizations uh, for, you know, large apparel companies. Uh, I spent a long time in the swimwear uh, industry uh, running the sales and marketing. They launched Ralph Lauren Swimwear. Um, and then I went on to do some other work with uh, Ralph Lauren and their licensed businesses. So I launched their sleepwear line, went to work and ran the sales organization for Polo Jeans. And at that point is when we moved to California. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, mostly working on what we call the wholesale side, selling to retailers. Mm -hmm. um, and then talk a little bit about your big first reinvention, which was an enormous success, Kings Lane. Do you want to give us a little uh, lead up to how you got yeah. into that? Yeah. You know, I think what has happened for me uh, definitely later in life, 
uh, is that, you know, finally acting on things that I was looking for or couldn't find. So we, like I mentioned, we moved to Los Angeles in uh, 2005. I had been working uh, in the apparel fashion industry for three years and uh, we had bought a house and I just had become obsessed with my home and everything about it, whether it's entertaining or decorating. And I was busy and, uh, you know, online shopping was really just starting to really, you know, heat up at that time. And uh, I became familiar with what was called flash sales at the time, but it was just in, you know, apparel, you could buy clothing, but that was really it. And I thought, hmm, why couldn't you do that in the home space? And so uh, after thinking about it for really over a year, uh, I partnered with a woman named Ali Pincus, and we launched One King's Lane. And when was that? Uh, we launched, well, Allie and I formed our partnership in uh, November of 2008, and One King's Lane launched in March of uh, 2009. So we moved wow. very quickly to wow. once we decided to do it. Yeah, like less than basically five months, we got everything done and got the business launched, and it took off in was a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did like, that go for? That was a real roller coaster, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's still going. So they just yeah. celebrated their 10th anniversary. Jeez. We sold the company three years ago to Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, they're doing great. They just opened a store in Soho, which anyone who lives in New York, if you haven't done it or you're visiting, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a store in the Hamptons and they're you know doing lots of cool things. So it's great. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And what was the most fun about that experience? And what was the worst? What were the two things you discovered about? Because you really hit it big. I mean, that was not many people actually do. They, you know, they have these little companies that creep and crawl along and don't go anywhere or they close, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really was. I think it doesn't happen that often, but it was like we let a genie out of the bottle. I mean, from the first day we launched. Um, I think that great, well, there's two really great things about it. it was one was really just having a vision for, um, you know, something in a brand and actually creating and seeing that come to fruition was just really remarkable. And, you know, the team that we put together to make that happen was really special. So that, that I would say those two things were just so great about it. Um, you know, on the flip side, you know, right. it's, navigating something you've never done before is a lot of fun and certainly can be challenging. And, you know, there are definitely parts of that. You can imagine we were growing so fast that mm -hmm. uh, keeping up with it sometimes was a little bit challenging. Mm. That's interesting. Okay, cool. So, and it's still out there so people can go, which is really cool. How did you yeah. feel about giving up your baby though? Is that hard? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is exactly what it feels like. I mean, I think you, you know, reach a point, it's kind of like when you send your kids off to college, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, you, feel, you have very mixed feelings about it, but you know, it's the right thing to do. I think selling the company when we did, mm -hmm. kind of was analogous to that. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's tough because it's something that you've created and had a vision for, and then you're, you know, basically turning it over to somebody else and, mm -hmm. you know, hoping that they'll do the right thing for mm -hmm. the brand and the business, which so far has been the case. So that's mm -hmm. all good. Well, that must be so hard though. I can't even imagine. I mean, it's so, you really put so much 
of yourself into it when it's your own thing. It's really, I've never done it. So it's really such a, it's just such a different feeling that I can yeah, see. It is, but I think, but I think the good feeling about, I mean, what, what happens is that, you know, you, when you still meet, I still meet people and they're like, Oh my gosh, I love one King. Mm-hmm. You know, that's amazing that you created that. And you go to New York and you go to Soho and you see a mm-hmm. store there and you see people, mm-hmm. you know, enjoying it. It's, it's, it's all, you mm-hmm. still get those really good feelings. You do. That's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. So what the heck are you doing now? And why the <laughs> heck are you doing now? I, I always ask this question because what I say to people is what's so interesting um, is so many of these people who go on and do other things, you know, they could retire to Bergdorf Goodman and, you know, just be a, you know, a lady who lunches and never, ever look back. You did your own thing. You did the corporate thing. You did the whole thing. What the heck are you doing, Susan? And you're in LA. I know, I know. Like you could exactly. sit by your swimming pool for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I get that I, question too. People say to me like, aren't you afraid of failing? Aren't you? And I'm like, I just can't help myself. I have to keep going because that's what I do. But yeah, well, that, I guess I feel a little bit the same. I mean, I, I can't help myself is kind of how I said. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I saw something out there that I felt needed to, I needed to do something about it. And I'm not done, you know? I mean, even mm-hmm. though I'm, 63 years old, I, I feel like I still have, you know, a lot left in me and mm-hmm. I can't even imagine just sitting around by a pool like that just doesn't even like, <laughs> it doesn't even compute for me. Yeah, so me uh, basically what, ha- what happened, you know, I think it's pretty similar to, you know, what happened with you is that as a woman in fifties and sixties, I started hearing and talking to a lot of other women around me and started to realize that although I didn't really feel this way, that a lot of women felt like they were, you know, as they started to age, hit 50 as an arbitrary number, that they, uh, you know, started to become invisible and irrelevant mm-hmm. and uh, not part of the conversation. And I thought, that's so strange. Like, why, why is that? And what's out there that, you know, is who's out there speaking to us. And what I found, which I think you probably know already, which is that there really isn't, there really wasn't a lot out there Mm -hmm. uh, that was speaking to me in Mm -hmm. a way that I related to it in what I would call like a modern fun way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I just felt like there needed to be something like that and almost really try to build a go-to brand for what I call age-defined women. And mm-hmm. so six, six months, seven months ago, we launched a getinthegroove.com, mm-hmm. which is a lifestyle destination for age-defined women. So we focus primarily on fashion, beauty, and health and wellness, but we do other things, you know, travel, mm-hmm. uh, cooking, books, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. But mm-hmm. the heavy focus is really on Uh, fashion, beauty, and health and wellness. And what we try to do is bring to our reader uh, information and products that will, as we say, keep them in the group. Because I think the world is changing so quickly. There's so much out there. There's so much new stuff out there Mm -hmm. that it's very hard to kind of figure out like who to listen to, what to do, where to go. And so hopefully, you know, we're providing that information to our audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find it just, an, it is literally what they say. It's true. It's a fire hose. Yeah. You can't keep up with it. It is yeah. overwhelming and it's not fun when it's so overwhelming. And 
you do want to find the things that you love. You really do need, I mean, I have to say that I feel like editing has never been more important. Oh, I couldn't you, agree more. Yeah. Right? It's just yeah. too much stuff coming at you. You have no time. And um, it's not like you don't want stuff. You do. It's not like you don't want to find new things. It's not like you don't want to be part of new things, try new things. It's just you can't get your hands around it. Right. And I think what happens, I mean, this is like my hypothesis, but mm -hmm. as it becomes harder and harder to get your hands around that, you know, as you maybe get older and older, mm -hmm. you start to become, you distance yourself further and further from that conversation because you start to really lose the ability to participate, which is why I think those feelings of ir feeling irrelevant and invisible start to increase. So if you don't have the the language to communicate or the understanding how to go and, you know, figure that out and edit to your point, you just sort of like, you know, I'm out, like I give up, which mm -hmm. is like not, not a good thing and what we're trying to help people avoid doing. Mm -hmm. So explain what it is that you're actually doing. You're doing content the way we're doing it. You're doing what else beyond content on the site? So we, so we have on, on the site, we send a, a newsletter out four times a week. And um, it's, I would say it's, there's content, but there's a lot of what I would call contextualized shopping. So a lot of shopping, go to okay. our site and mm -hmm. we will, there's a lot of shopping because uh, mm -hmm. we can't help ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you can, can go to our site and you can find like a great edit of like the sandals you should have for this season or mm -hmm. um you know we we also try to keep a good sense of humor so we have something on the site called Me the menopause registry so these are this is a registry because you know it's a big life moment so what there should be a registry um mm -hmm. and you know we have in there things that we think would help you as you're going through menopause so you know it's a little tongue-in-cheek obviously mm -hmm. but so we'll have like a fancy wine opener, but a great pair of cotton pajamas, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a, it's, it's a lot of uh, hopefully fun. I mean, our, our goal is to make it fun. So there's, you know, like you said, there's great content on there mm -hmm. um, as well as we think some really fun shopping. And what's selling? What are people buying? What do you, is there anything you're surprised by? You've having been in retail for so yeah, long. No. Like, what I are you learning? What are you finding? What's surprising? Well, she's shopping. So she, you know, that's, that's like check. Like we all do love to shop. And by the way, that's the other crazy thing about this demographic. I mean, our demographic uh, are not only have an incredible amount of wealth, but they are super concerned. You know, they shop a lot more than any other demographic out there. Mm -hmm. um, but she's buying everything from, you know, uh, cosmetics to clothing to accessories to even vibrators so we're mm. selling all that kind of fun stuff yeah mm. okay what surprised you uh you know what's the i don't know that it was really surprising but we you know are selling we i'm a high low person so the mix mm -hmm. on the site is very much that like you'll find a pair of gucci loafers but you also find you know, a fun dress from H&M and we'd say, put it together and have, have a great time with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am kind of amazed is that, uh, you know, people still don't seem to have a problem buying expensive things online, which mm -hmm. is, you know, I think is great. You know, it's like, it's the way of the world. Like who's going, you know, it's so much easier to find stuff online and shop. And she's just reinforcing that hypothesis. 
Hmm. Did but you saw that at Kings Lane, right? I mean, didn't you already see that? Uh, or? Yeah. Yeah. No, we did. But you know, I think it's. I'm always sort of like I don't know. I'm just. It's it's good to see it continue, I guess, and actually mm-hmm. probably become even more so than it was at one Kings Lane. Hmm. Is that because you're in a higher um, bracket now, or? Why no, because we, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, it's a good question. I just think she's much more comfortable shopping online. So, so interesting. Um, yeah, I think that it's just more, more and more and more, uh, you know, there's, it's just so much easier to do that. Like you think of something you need and you can go online and, you know, get it right away. You don't have to worry about getting in your car, or taking mm-hmm. the subway to a store or mm-hmm. walking down the street or whatever it is. And so I just think, uh, the more accessible it is to her, the more she's shopping. Mm-hmm. And what is not taking off that you were absolutely sure would? Is there anything that you're like, wait a minute, I thought that would go and it's not going? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't really seen, I mean, I think what happened, and it's not anything specific, is we threw a very wide net out there initially. Okay. So from a lifestyle standpoint, you know, okay. which you can relate to from the magazine business. Mm-hmm. and. So I think what she told us is that she, like I mentioned before, she really wants from us fashion, beauty, and health and wellness. So we have a little bit of the other stuff, but we've kind of really doubled down on those three categories. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you'd gone farther than that and you've narrowed down to this. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll have other articles. Like we had an article a couple of weeks ago on um, heart disease and mm-hmm. heart attacks and strokes mm-hmm. I feel like almost that's like a PSA, right? Because yeah, we're yeah, here as a group yeah. and we're confused about it. Yeah. And so if I'm confused about it, then maybe a lot of other people are. And yep. so we, we like, we're, we, we feel like a responsibility to go put that out there. We're not medical experts, but we right. just want to try and go, you know, find out, you know, the basic facts around it and then people can take it from there. But so we will have those type of articles as well. Right. Yeah. It's interesting how much stuff is out there that you're supposed to know and you find like, and I feel like I'm pretty much an expert and I still don't know. Like yeah, the whole find it, yeah. heart thing is uh, shocking to me and I'm completely amazed at the stuff I don't know. Right. Right. And, yeah, um, I'm embarrassed that I don't know it. And, um, but this is the time when you can actually get down to it. And so where are you Absolutely. planning on going with this? What do you think you'll... What do you think you'll do with it? What do you, do you have any sense? You're just going to follow your nose and do you have a partner or are you doing this just by yourself? I'm doing, I'm doing this one by myself, okay. which is a whole different experience uh, mm-hmm. than, you know, with one King's Lane. Um, I did that with Allie and right. you know, that was a really different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's definitely, sometimes it's nice to be able to just make a decision on your own right. and not have to go back and forth. Right. But there's a lot yeah. of other times that I wish like, somebody was sitting here with me to have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's like anything there's pros and cons to, you know, to everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, doing this one on my own. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, I'm really focused right now on building the brand and awareness around what we're doing. And I hope that we can become kind of a go-to destination for women, you know, in this demographic Mm-hmm. Um, and where it goes, I mean, it can, there's a lot of different places that it certainly mm-hmm. can take off and go to from here, but we're, we're in the very beginning. And so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really hard to look out, you know, five years and say, well, five years will be this, like maybe, mm-hmm. 
in my head, we might have a vision of what that is. But I think, you know, one thing I learned at One King's Land is that it is really important to have, you know, um, a, a short-term goal and get to that and then figure out what the next stepping stone is you want to reach, you know, to mm-hmm. get to. Because I think if you think too big and too wide, mm-hmm. it becomes daunting and very overwhelming. So right now, like I said, we're really focused on building our brand and getting the word out about what mm-hmm. we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so how about you and your lifestyle and what you're up to personally. So are you going to stay in LA and what's going on with your family? Does this work into it for you? I mean, why aren't you said, do you have a pool? Shouldn't you be sitting by it at least to do your work? (laughs) I have this idea that you know, you're not supposed to sit out in the sun. It's not good for your skin. (laughs) Oh, put on a hat. Oh my God. I know what you're talking about though. I had to stop going in the sun. Like I used to. Exactly. Um, Now, lifestyle wise, it's really interesting. Uh, Well, my kids are all grown. Um, I'm actually a grandmother twice. You are. Oh, how fabulous. Which is great because they're here. So that's wonderful. Oh, that's Um, wonderful. But, you know, it's interesting. I became an empty nester right as I was starting One King's Land. My youngest daughter went to college. Now she's graduating from business school and she's moving to New York. So, I think as far as my family goes, they're super supportive of, you know, what I'm doing. Uh, My kids are grown and adults and, you know, working on their own families and careers and things like that. And my husband, Bob, who's amazing, uh, is also, you know, he's at a point in his life where he's still very much engaged in what he's doing. But I think we've both figured out, uh, maybe because our kids aren't here, a way to work really hard, but also play really hard. So, you know, we have been able to figure out how to travel more Mm -hmm. uh, and make that work. And the world kind of helps you do that, right? Like, I mean, we went away for a vacation recently and I had my computer so I could do everything I needed to do, you know, for the website from, you know, very Mm -hmm. far away, which is great. Um, And that, 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 that really just changes everything about, I think, how you can work and, you know, run a business today. Yeah, I think that was the big revelation for me. Is um, I know it's like amazing, I, right? You can I, do. It. Yeah, I've been tethered to a company. I had to go. I had to show up in one place all the time in New York for the last yeah. thirty-five years, and this is such a revelation. Literally, you can go anywhere. You can sit on the beach somewhere. You can. Yeah. You can go anywhere and still do your business in the morning, and then do whatever the heck you want to do in the afternoon. And I find that incredibly liberating. And yeah, and it's, it, it, it's great. It just gives you a lot more flexibility. And I feel like, you know, to your point at this, at this time in my life, I love what I'm doing. I love the new company that we're building, but I also want like, you know, I like to play golf. So I like to go mm-hmm. play golf sometimes <laughs> in the afternoon. Uh, but that's okay. Cause I can hop back on the computer when I get back home. You know, it's like, it doesn't really, it, it, it gives you just a lot more flexibility, which is awesome at this point in my life. So here's the big question when you're doing this all by yourself, mm-hmm. um, and I've found this situation myself, and especially if it's your project and you're at home with it, how, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs have this problem, how do you keep from working on it 24-7? How do you actually put it away, and um, especially if you're a worker bee type, which most of my listeners are, how do you prevent yourself from burning out that way? 
I mean, it's really hard. I think if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a new business, I don't know how you can't be kind of living with it 24 seven. Um, but I think what I try to do are some, you know, things like I schedule regular workout times, you know, so I make sure that I'm doing that and going to those classes or, you know, whatever that is. When I have a meal, I leave my phone, you know, oh, I put my phone in my bag. I don't take it out. Like, I just think you have to give yourself some boundaries along the way. But I mean, the reality is like you're starting a business and it is all consuming. But I think if you can somehow create things that work for you and that are important to you feeling better and healthier and make sure that you do those things, it's just a way to give yourself a break. Any other things that you learned about being more efficient or being where you, you know, the how-to of getting this all done? As I said, we like to talk about process and things that you learned from the second time around that are different. You know, the second time around, it's so interesting. The second time around has been really different. I think, you know, I was like, you know, like (laughs) I didn't know anything the first time around and now I know a lot more, which actually in a weird way has made sometimes making decisions much harder. Mm. I tend to second guess myself a little bit more than I did the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think, I mean, it was true last time and this time I just think as a founder and a visionary, like it, you really do need to, I think, listen to your gut. Um, and if you're in tune with that, you know, that I think can be helpful and a good guiding light and decision-making because if you're starting a new business, you're making multiple decisions like all the time. Right. Right. Um, the good news is if you're doing an online business, like you can fix those things if they don't work. (laughs) That's what I love. And, and you can fix it really quickly. So that's, that's the good news. Like you really can't make too big of a mistake. I feel like, like you can test things, which is great. Like, hmm, I wonder how that would go. Or I wonder if people would like that. And if it's good, great, you run with it. And if it's not, then you just fail really fast. And I think that's another big lesson that, you know, I learned and was advice that I was given very early on when we were starting One King Plan. It's like, you know, you should be testing things and iterating, but don't like hang on to things, you know, because you do really think they should be working, either change it and try something else or just, you know, come to terms with the well, that's not working. I'm dropping that and moving on to the next thing. Is it hard to to let go of things, do you find? Oh my God, totally. (laughs) Can you give an example of something that you found hard to let go of that was really the right thing to do? Um, I mean, this was it with One King's Lane, which was interesting. We had actually started a second business called Hunter's Alley. Um, and we all thought it was brilliant and such a great idea. It was, the, it was basically a resale site for individuals because we had a lot of people coming to us and asking us because we sold vintage if they, we could sell their things they wanted to get rid of. And it made perfect sense to us because we thought, well, wow, if we sold your old couch for you, mm-hmm. uh, then you'd have money and you'd come back and buy mm-hmm. a new couch at One King's mm-hmm. Lane. Mm-hmm. And the, the branding was great. I mean, everything about it was awesome. And mm-hmm. you know, it just didn't take off for, I think, a lot of different reasons we don't need mm-hmm. to go into here mm-hmm. the way we thought it should. And, you know, we put... Uh, you know, chunk of money into it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's always hard when you do that to, you know, say this isn't working, but we made a decision actually pretty fast, like six months in, mm-hmm. like, this is not a good thing. This is a taking away from resources from one King's lane mm-hmm. and we we're going to have to shut it down. And it was hard. Wow. It was really hard. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I could see how it's hard. And I'm the hilarious part is is that I'm willing to give up a lot of stuff and I'm I'm I go out there and I survey my members and I'm like, "Do you really want original content from us?" because I hear people saying things like, you know, there's so much content everywhere, why do you have to do your own and it's the most expensive part of it. It's right, hard, right, it's a lot of right. editing. So I went out there thinking, maybe they'll just say they really don't want that and they just want events and blah, blah, blah. And then it came back that 83% of them said, no, you have to have your own original content. Oh, that's so like, funny. I was like, really? So it was yeah. kind of funny. I was, I was willing to give up the thing I'm most comfortable with because it was just so overwhelming. But there you go. But, so. you know, I think what, that's such a good uh, lesson also. And I think we were, did a really great job at that with One King's Lane. And hopefully we're doing the same thing with Get in the Groove, you know, is listening to your audience and being yes. in tune with what they're telling you and what they want. Um, and if you do that, I think, you know, you continue to, you know, hopefully surprise and delight them and, you know, make them happy with, you know, whatever you're delivering to them. Yep. So in closings, we're finally at our half hour here. Yeah, we could, we ask, could talk forever, I know. Yes, I know. Oh, my God. Um, what three sort of tips or tricks would you suggest for people who are listening, who are thinking of reinventing themselves along the lines of what you do? Mm-hmm. And um, really, you know, sort of, practical are there books you read are there websites you went to podcasts you listened to courses you took is there anything like that or is it strictly just get out there and do it yeah i think well okay first of all if they're tricks and you know them can you let me know what they are (laughs) i'm hoping to get them from you that's why i would would like to i'd like to know what they are but i think (laughs) as, as far as as tips go um i think like big picture. Yeah. Get out there and just do stuff, you know, and everybody's doing different things and thinking about, you know, how, what it is that reinvention means to them. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, the one biggest thing, and it's different for everybody. It's like, you have to keep learning, right? So you have to keep putting yourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, in places and situations and environments. And that's different for everybody. Like for some people, it might mean, you know what, I just don't even understand the computers. Go take a computer class at your community college or Mm -hmm. whatever, because, I think not being computer literate is really a huge disadvantage. Um, And, you know, so you have to, that's just one example of things that you can do to continue Mm -hmm. learning. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you have to be open to that process of like, you can do, I can do it. You know, I just need to, you just need to figure out what that means and how you get that information. So I think for sure, keep learning. I see that as, you know, particularly in women in our demographic that I talk to that are, you know, really intimidated Mm -hmm. by that and Mm -hmm. don't want to embrace, you know, the technology. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I mean, if you're writing a book, okay, maybe then that would be fine if that's your reinvention. But if you're trying to start a business or anything like that, like you just have to be computer um, literate. I mean, I even you know, we're doing everything. Our website is built on something called WordPress. And I never, we had it at One King's Land, but I never used it. But it's been awesome. Like, learn. I feel like I love it. You know, I love the fact that I'm learning all these new things. I actually coded our email, you know. Oh my God, now you're week. making me. 
Oh my God, yeah. I feel like a slacker. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm just saying it's like, all uh -huh. that stuff is like, it's actually liberating, you know, when uh -huh. you start to be able to do that. So, I mean, that's mm -hmm. a long, that's a long number one. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you want to, you know, there's other things you can do, like, uh, if money isn't an, you know, an issue, like try to find some place where you can intern and just be there. I mean, you know, there's a movie about it, which is, yes. you know, Nancy Myers movie, which actually I was in had a, a, a cameo appearance, but, um, like do that. Like, I just think anything, I, I can't like say enough about just, you know, going out there and learning uh, as a really is something that is going to push you into, you know, reinvention. Uh, mm -hmm. I just think it's so, so important. It's going to be different, obviously, for everybody. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it may be a class, it may be real life experience, it may be just finding people that you think are doing interesting things and buying them a cup of coffee and having a conversation, you know, mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that I think that's super, super important. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Yeah, it, that's probably where you and I have connected in the past is the whole learning thing. I think learning is the key to the whole thing. And I think we tend to drop the idea that right. we should formally go and learn some things. Um, for some reason, we have relegated that to our children. And I believe that learning and I would say that a lot of my um, listeners have all come through that learning lens. Right. And um, it's interesting. That's obviously where you and I connect because I'm just a constant learner. That is, I'm a voracious learner. Yeah. And yeah. that gets you everywhere when you're stuck, when it gets you, when you want to try something new. It's just, you can learn so much from other people. And today, especially with this whole world out there, you can learn a lot, even just by learning online. So, yeah, I mean, we have a great article actually that we today on the site about learning because I'm kind of interested in this and maybe we're going to do one of these, but you know, how to learn a, a second a, a language, right? Mm -hmm. So, there's mm -hmm. so many, I think there's like 10 different things, and a lot of them mm -hmm. are maybe all of them are online. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just like what's available for anything that you want to learn is really pretty remarkable today. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And and I think it should be fun. I mean, it's definitely harder to learn as we get older, but I think it's like one of those muscles that you want to mm -hmm. keep active, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I could see that last night I went, I'm learning how to play Mahjong, which is interesting, <laughs> but you know, there is, there's a couple of us that were brand new and I could see the frustration in the group, right? Mm -hmm. Of trying to learn and, and digest and consume all this, but like you just have to sort of push yourself. Mm -hmm. through it um, because I do think it is uh, like a muscle and mm -hmm. I think the other thing as far as if like you do have an idea um, I think it's really important if you're starting a business just because you think it's a good idea to really kind of do your due diligence and make sure that it is something like you're solving a problem that mm -hmm. you know there's a mm -hmm. white space for it that mm -hmm. you, know, you have to do sort of the the businessy things around mm -hmm. that even though mm -hmm. you feel like oh wow this is going to be a great mm -hmm. idea I mean I did this for both one mm -hmm. king's lane I lived with that idea for a year mm -hmm. before I actually went and did it thanks to my husband who told me mm -hmm. if I didn't stop talking about it he mm -hmm. was gonna <laughs> either do it or like stop talking about it mm -hmm. um and the same thing with get in the groove. I mean, mm -hmm. I like really thought about this for a long time. I did mm -hmm. focus groups around mm -hmm. it. I, mm -hmm. you know, 
did a lot of due diligence before mm -hmm. I actually, as I would say, jumped in the pool. Mm -hmm. So have those great ideas, but then do the work that needs to be done around awesome. it to make it happen. Well, Susan, there we got back to our pool analogy, at least. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we took it full circle. Right. right so right. thank you a million times for spending your time with us. I so appreciate it. Um, I just want to thank you for being such a good friend and for jumping in and helping women who are sometimes at this age feeling this is not the best time of their life. And I feel like I'm at the most wonderful time of my life where mainly because I don't care. I don't care what people think. Yeah. Just, just, you know, like go for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't it's care awesome. Anymore. And you know, go to, your site to my site, Covey Club, get in the groove. Like all these are there and hopefully will bring inspiration to everybody. Right. Exactly. So thank you, darling. I appreciate it. And uh, my I'll pleasure. Let's do it again. Okay. Ciao. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I want to thank you all for joining us today and listening to our discussion of reinvention with Susan Feldman, who is a serial reinventor. And I hope that you've enjoyed this discussion. And if you have, I hope that you will give us some great stars and a good rating and that you will uh, pass this along to friends of yours. The stars and the ratings are the way that other people hear about us. So I hope you will do that for us if you you like reinvent yourself and if you know of anybody who would be great for me to interview please send me a note at leslie l-e-s-l-e-y at coveyclub.com and we would love to hear from you and also let us know what we can do better on this broadcast we hope that we are giving you great ideas for reinventing yourself and actual tangible ways to get started so take care we'll see you soon